Thanks for tuning into McNamara on Money, a podcast about all things financial. On this podcast, we talk about investments and investment performance. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's not the case with callers we may speak to on this show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Listeners to this podcast should consult their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions we might make. You might hear us referring to a phone number to call as this podcast is taken from a live radio show. Instead of calling the phone number, you can get in touch with us on our website at McNamaraFinancial.com. McNamara on Money is heard on six continents and in more than 50 countries worldwide. Now sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Good morning. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, which is a good thing because I guess that's the way it should be around here. So today for the show, the subject is Medicare. And personally, I think it's the most confusing subject in the entire planet in terms of trying to get through what you need to do to try to stay healthy going forward. Subject is Medicare. My guest is a Medicare expert. His name is Peter Stoner. He owns a company called Stoner & Company, and all he does is work with folks who are on or about to be on Medicare. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask Peter to introduce himself and explain what's going on. And what I'm hoping, by the way, welcome South Shore of Boston and the Merrimack Valley. What I'm hoping is we get a bunch of calls and we don't even have to get to the agenda because I'll bet you the callers have some pretty good questions for us. So our phone number here, and by the way, it's okay if you're in the Merrimack Valley, I promise this phone number works. It's 781-837-4900. And who doesn't have a question about Medicare would be the way I would start off with that. But anyway, so Peter, who the heck are you and what do you do, please, for everybody? Good morning, Mike, and everyone else. As Mike has said, my name is Peter Stoner. The name of my company is Stoner & Company. For the first seven years, there was no and company, <laughs> but I now do work with a number of people. So it was a misnomer for a while. But I've been in uh, Medicare sales in May. It'll be 30 years. I started out with uh, Tufts Health Plan when they were introducing Secure Horizons to the Massachusetts market. I subsequently was the retiree sales manager there for about a decade. That's the uh, department that sells Medicare to retirees of large companies. Ah, okay. Examples of that would be uh, Raytheon, GE, Verizon. The list goes on. The GIC, uh, GIC is the, actually the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. But they were big employers with lots of retirees. We would do special meetings for them. And I'm sure some of the people in the audience today have access to retiree coverage through a large former employer. But those things are dying out. You have the municipalities that still offer retiree coverage, but the larger companies have stopped doing that some time ago, or they farmed it out to a consultant where they're really trying not to pay as much as they did years ago because it it became a huge expense. Yeah, just a quick question. Are, Are public entities like school systems and towns, are they getting out of that business? as well and no, they're staying I, with I, it. I, I see them staying with it. All right. A lot of times people will call me and, and, and I'll talk to them for some time and then I'll discover they've got a spouse who was a teacher. Yeah. And then that spouse is typically entitled to retiree coverage through that municipality. It's usually better coverage that they could get on the individual market. And the reason for that is that the retiree plans 
usually include unlimited prescription coverage. Yeah. Whereas that's not available on the individual market. And that is a very valuable benefit. Yeah, my question was a very selfish one. I happen to be on one of those plans yeah. and and I would never ever change it for the rest of my life. Nor and, should you. And I get all those mailers about now's the time where you can change and no thank you, we're good. So right. if you're part of right. a public plan, you're probably in pretty good shape. You're yeah. not probably. You're yeah, definitely you in, in good shape. Nice. And and I tell people that because there's nothing that I can offer them from the individual market that's going to be better in terms of benefits or cheaper in terms of price. Yeah, okay. The product that you're getting and most people getting something through a municipality is subsidized by that municipality and you just can't beat the deal. All right, good to know. Thank you. So anyhow, I did that for a decade, and then I became the uh, director of Medicare sales at Fallon, which is a health plan in Worcester. They used to be like most health, health plans. They had both a commercial product and a Medicare product. Medicare products are always a back-of-the-house kind of a thing, given that they always have smaller membership, but they typically generate most of the profit, or they certainly did at the health plans that I worked at, okay. so that it's a very profitable product for health plans. But I've been doing this for the last 12 years. And and one of the reasons I wanted to stress that it's a profitable product is this time of year is Medicare open enrollment. So you just mentioned... Mass confusion. Mass confusion. (laughs) You just mentioned you're being inundated. And you're being inundated by products that are of no, no use to you, no interest to you. You're on the mailing list, so you get it. It's open enrollment started October 15th, goes in through, through December 7th. That's the time when you get deluged with these types of mailings. You also see more ads than you would want on television yep. for the same reason. Most of them are for Medicare Advantage plans. Every now and then you see uh, one for a Medicare supplement plan. But clearly the focus on is on marketing those Medicare Advantage plans. We're going to talk a little bit later about, so what are the differences? Yeah, okay. Because... <clears throat> One of the things that I did uh, back at Tufts is I used to be in charge of seminars. And because it was done by a health plan, they had to stick with a very strict script. In other words, they were, that was a sales presentation. Yeah. And sales presentations are very highly regulated by CMS, the Center of Medicare and Medicaid Services, the government. And as a result of that, they wouldn't take any questions. They'd say, we'll, we'll take questions at the end. The things that I do are educational, so I don't have to stick to such a, 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 script, a script. But the, the reason I bring it up is at the end of those presentations, when they could ask for questions, inevitably, the first question was, so what's the difference between a supplement and an advantage plan? Yeah. Because they had to speak in certain terms the whole way, some of which weren't all that understandable. Yeah, they didn't get and, translated. And you lose people. Yeah, okay. And, oh, by the way, they weren't allowed to ask questions in, until the very end. So I, that's one of the things that I want people to take away today. Okay. I want them to know I'm predisposed for whatever reason towards a supplement or... I'm predisposed towards an advantage plan, again, for whatever reason. And when I talk about the differences, I inevitably talk about myself because for 10 years I was on a supplement plan. And I also talk about my wife because during those same 10 years, she was on an advantage plan. 
Okay. So, so we're going to walk through that landscape, basically, and do some definitions for folks. Right. And folks, a, a, a quick announcement, by the way. McNamara Financial Services is sponsoring a Medicare seminar with Peter, okay, and my favorite son-in-law, Kirk Reed. And it's a Zoom meeting, so there's no excuse for having to get in a car and not going there in a snowstorm or a leaf storm or whatever here, folks. But next Wednesday evening, that will be the 25th of October at 6.30 p.m., okay, on Zoom, Peter uh, and uh, Kirk will be going over Medicare uh, in much more detail than we can do on a one-hour radio show, and they're available for questions. And let me be really clear, uh, McNamara Financial is doing this as an educational presentation as well. If you if your product is wisdom, it's nice to be able to explain things mm-hmm. to folks and, and try to help them pro- solve their problem. We, we view ourselves uh, as problem solvers, and Peter is a problem solver. you got to deal with Medicare, you got to do something, what's the deal, how does it work, and you go from there. Anyway, if you have an interest in that, McNamaraFinancial.com, you can probably sign up or you can just call our phone at 7818-342010. But next Wednesday, 6.30, Peter will do a, what's the word in the show there, a reprise? No. When do you come back? Back on for a second show. It's either a webinar or a seminar. Yeah, right. or anyway, P- Peter will be doing the show, I can assure you. And if you have some interest after listening to the show, you're more than welcome. And I guess we can fit a whole lot of people on a Zoom call, right? We don't have to worry about rooms. You really like don't. That. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. One more thing, folks. If you're on the South Shore of Boston and or the Merrimack Valley, this is a call-in talk radio show. And if you do have a question about Medicare for Peter, I can assure you that we'll stop talking about whatever the heck we're talking about and attempt to answer your question. So the telephone number here is 781-837-4900. And again, we will be happily interrupted to take anybody's questions because I'm pretty sure if you got a question, there are a few hundred other people thinking the same thing given the circumstances. Okay, so where do you want to start, my friend? I'd like to talk a little bit about enrollment periods, and the reason that I want to start there is this is the major enrollment period during the year, and it generates a lot of questions. So this kind of an enrollment period that I mentioned earlier is from October 15th to December 7th is really for people who are already on a Medicare product and they now can change that product if they wish to do so. That's why they call it the open enrollment period is because if somebody's on a supplement plan, they want to change to an advantage plan or they're on, or they're on an advantage plan, but they want to change to a different advantage plan. Now's the time to do it. Otherwise, people are locked in for the year. How come they just don't have it available all the time? Why That's they? a wonderful question, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I, I say I've been doing this for almost 30 years, and yeah. initially they would let you do exactly that. Okay. And so there wasn't so much angst surrounded with the decision. Yeah. Okay. Because people knew if I make this decision and I wish to change it next month, I'm able to do that. Okay. But now they're not. So there's a lot of trepidation that surrounded the decision. Am I making the right decision? Can I live with this decision for a year? Because they do get locked in. So this time of year, people can make changes. People see all the ads on TV and think, oh my goodness, I need to do something now. And the reality of it is, if you're working for an employer with 20 or more employees, and you're getting your health coverage through your employer, you don't need to do anything now. But I get a lot of calls from people who think that because they've seen something, uh, okay. they have to do something. Oh, wow. They don't. So all you need to con- continue a, on your employer group plan 
is to have what they call alternative creditable coverage. And creditable coverage means that your prescription piece of your employer group plan has to be as good as or better than that which is available on Medicare. And the only ones that I've ever found that were not deemed creditable is if you're on a high deductible health plan and you have an individual deductible that's something over $3,000. Okay. If you don't fit that profile, don't sweat that creditable piece. But if but if you need to know, you can deal with your benefits people or your HR staff or perhaps even your, your broker and ask them that question. Is my coverage creditable? And those folks are still working, but They're still working. to stay on the private plan versus going that's, to the That's right. Got it. And okay. a lot of times they'll choose to stay on the private plan because they may have a spouse under 65. Yep. So they want to make sure that spouse is continued to be covered, maybe dependents even. Other times it's because the company subsidizes the plan typically 50% or more. So that means that the premium that they're paying is not the premium that they would be paying if they were an individual. Okay. They're getting a piece of it covered by their employer. Got it. Now, uh, sometimes people will read online that they have to take both Part A and Part B when they turn 65. I've had that happen. I have had people call me. Yep. Interestingly enough, they're usually very smart people. And by and the way, quick definition, A and B. Yes, so Part A, so there's two parts of Medicare. There's Part A, which covers hospitalizations, that covers hospice, it'll cover some of your in-home types of visits, is, but primarily focused on hospitalizations, is the first part of Medicare. Okay. And that comes with a deductible. So if anybody had just Part A and B of Medicare, they have coverage, they have health coverage, but it has coinsurance, it has deductibles and so forth. So they opt to take either a supplement plan or an advantage plan that'll take care of those. But the part A deductible next year, 2024, is $1,632. Okay. So that means if somebody just had Medicare and they went to the hospital, they would be charged that deductible of $1,632. Interestingly, that is not an annual deductible. That is a per benefit period deductible. Every time. And a new deductible recurs after someone has been discharged from the hospital for 60 days or more. So every two months, it's a new cycle. Okay. Most of the time, that's not an issue because typically people aren't admitted to the hospital multiple times a year. Mm -hmm. However, that tends to change as we get older. And we're all getting older. In order to avoid that, again, they take one plan or the other. So that's Part A of Medicare hospitalizations. Part B covers doctor visits, lab tests, and associated expenses. So initially there was just Part A, hospitals. Doctors didn't want any part of Medicare. But then they found out, gee, these hospitals are getting paid pretty richly from Medicare. We want a piece of the action. So they subsequently introduced Part B covers doctor visits. Now the big charge under doctor visits is so Medicare will pay 80%. So if you have a doctor, if you have a surgery that's 25 grand, Medicare will pay 20%, 80%. But that puts you on the hook for 20%. And 20% of $25,000 is $5,000. So it's a big nut. It can be quite expensive. And it also has a deductible 
of $240. That is an annual deductible. So it means if somebody just had Medicare and they were going for a doctor visit, and incidentally, not all doctor visits trigger that $240 deductible. Most will, but not all. For example, two years ago, I had four doctor visits. I was on a supplement plan, which is like being on Medicare. Yeah. And I didn't have to pay the deductible at all because all of my visits were wellness visits. The year before that, though, I had some minor shoulder surgery that did trigger the deductible. I just want people to know just because the deductible is there doesn't mean you're going to have to pay it. So if just... If you just have Medicare, you're on the hook for 80, 20% of some costs. Yes. Okay. And I'll use the wrong term, but so most people, there, there are two choices. One is I'll do the Medicare, but I got to go find something else to fill that hole. Yes. And, and those are called Medigap or they su- are. supplemental policies. Yes. Those, the, are the words. The, those terms are interchangeable. Yeah. Okay. And then when we hear the word Medicare Advantage plan, okay, and I'm sure you get into it, that means... That's the, it's an entire plan all by itself. You do that in lieu of Medicare and basically Medicare covers that. Is that correct? You do. Okay. So so I'm either. And and I need to interject something because of regulations. (laughs) Of course. That doesn't mean that you don't have Medicare. Yeah. You still have to pay your Part B premium. Yeah. And the reason I interject that is a lot of people think, geez, I'm going to go on a supplement plan, which is terrific because I don't have to pay my Part B premium. That's not true. Okay. You have to continue to pay your Part B premium no matter what you do. Yeah, folks, Peter's going to get into a bunch of details, I'm sure, and if we have some questions as well. But yeah, I try to keep things simple. If I'm on Medicare exclusively, I got to go find something else to cover that 20% that, that I'm at risk for, which could be a lot of money. And those are called Medigap or supplemental plans. Yes. Okay. And then the alternative is I do an entire whole plan called an admitted Medicare Advantage plan. Okay. That's in, in lieu of, it's an alternative to yes. Medicare, but I still pay my Medicare premium. Correct. Okay. All right. Good. And, and the supplement plans are called Medigap plans. Okay. Because they fill the be, gap. Because they fill the those gaps. gaps. Got it. They okay. pay that. Most of them do. Anyhow, okay. not all of them, but mo- all the ones I sell do. Yeah. Um, we'll pick up that $1,632 hospital deductible. Okay. No matter how many times for you, you, rec- you get, uh, you have to uh, hospitalize. They also will pick up that 20%. Yep. The new Medicare supplement plans that have been sold since 2020 do not pick up the $240 Part B deductible. That's because the government came out and said, we like this supplement plan program, but we don't like the fact that there's no barrier to care. In other words, if a person doesn't have any charges and they have a hangnail, why wouldn't they go to the doctor? And that's what was happening. There was overutilization. So they said, there's got to be a barrier to care. The barrier that they defined was the Part B deductible. Okay. This year, that deductible is $224. Next year, it's increasing to $240. Wow. Wow. Okay. That, that's not a lot of money, but I guess it discourages enough. Is it, that, is it, that it does. It yeah. does. It's okay. just enough to keep some people from needlessly seeing the doctor. Wow. Folks, this is the Call-In Talk Radio Show. If you have a question about Medicare, any and all questions, our telephone number here. By the way, if you're in the Merrimack Valley, this works as well as in the South Shore, 781-837-4900. And if you have a question for us, we'd be happy to try and answer that. All righty. Okay. Yep. I got that so far. Where are we going from here? We've just talked about 
about this being the annual way, open enrollment. About three minutes before okay. we have to take a break. When a lot of people transition to Medicare is in their initial enrollment period. That's when they're turning 65. The government gives them a seven-month window to take A of Medicare and B if they're going to transition to Medicare. Most people continue to work and they just take Part A. Okay. There's a benefit to them for taking Part A, and that is it gets them in the system. That's not a small task. There's all <laughs> sorts of things that can, can get in your way. Oh, yeah. And if, you're, and if you're transitioning to Medicare and need to do so quickly, it's important that you already have Part A in place. Okay. During that seven-month window, it's three months before the month in which you turn 65, the month in which you turn 65, and three months thereafter. Being in the bureaucracy is a lot e- e- better than being out. Out in trying to get in is what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. And the three months before doesn't mean that you'll become effective that month. You'll still become effective the first of the month in which you turn 65. Got it. The only exception, and there's always exceptions, is when you were born on the first of a given month, and then it's the first of the preceding month. The month before that you'll become eligible for Medicare. If you join the three months after you've turned 65, your effective date will be the month, the first of the month after which you applied. Okay. Doesn't at that point go back. We we have a little more time. We've got about a minute for a grand summary or a teaser for what you want to talk about next. Okay. Okay. I want to talk next about the general enrollment period. And this I want to talk about because this is what you want to avoid. One of the things that people are afraid of when it comes to Medicare is penalties. I get questions about penalties all the time. And I, am I going to incur this penalty because I've done that? If somebody gets involved with a general enrollment period, they're going to get a penalty. Hmm, I'm thinking it's time for a break, folks. We're talking with Peter Stoner about Medicare. I promise we'll be right back. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. We're back. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, and we're talking Medicare today. Let me give you the grand summary here. By the way, we're talking with Peter Stoner from Stoner & Associates, and he's an expert on that kind of stuff. But here's the Mike McNamara Reader's Digest version. If you're on Medicare, okay, just all by itself, you uh, may have to pay a bunch of money on some things up to 20% of the cost, and that 20%, I guess, depends on how big the number is. So most folks, if they're smart, who are on Medicare would buy a, a what's called a supplemental or a Medigap policy to fill in those holes that are in Medicare to buy yourself some protection. So one choice is Medicare and buy something, tag on to protect you the rest of your money. And the other choice is to purchase what's called a Medicare Advantage plan, which is a womb-to-tomb, all-encompassed medical plan. You still pay your Medicare premium, but basically it's in lieu of the Medicare structure. And there's probably about equal numbers of folks in both of those plans these days, Peter. Is that mm-hmm. about correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. Peter, I told you time flew on the radio. Folks, this is a call-in talk radio show. 781-837-4900 is our number. If you're on the South Shore in the Merrimack Valley and have a question about Medicare, this is your special day. We've only got about 20 minutes here and 25. Time flies, Peter. So cover the, cover the big points here. <laughs> Already? So I mentioned before the break I was going to talk about the general enrollment period, but I want to go back a step because I mentioned there's a number of enrollment periods, one of which that is initial enrollment period. One is the one, the annual enrollment period going on now, but there's also something called a special enrollment period. Oh, wow. We have to have one of those. Uh, Yeah, we certainly did. Yeah, okay. And in fact, there's multiple special enrollment (laughs) periods, But, but the one that impacts people the most is so when they're retiring. So they're going to be losing their employer group coverage. They're going to be transitioning to Medicare. Medicare gives them a special enrollment period that lasts up to eight months after they've left their employer group plan. Okay. But the reality of it is most people lose their employment plan one day, and it hopefully is the last day of a given month. Okay. And then they start on Medicare the following day. So there's no gaps at all in their coverage. Okay. And Medicare likes people to approach them within a 90-day period of their effective date. In other words, if I get a lot of people that'll call me and say, I'm turning 65 next year. And I'm thinking, okay, Medicare wouldn't even talk to them within a 90-day period. I'm, I'm more charitable than that. I will talk to them. But the bottom line really is you start to focus it onto this sort of thing within a three-month period. Okay. Uh, Medicare will take your application for Part A and or Part B within that 90-day window, but they won't take it before that. Alrighty. By the way, Peter, I'm going to have to interrupt you. We have a caller. It's the Tom from Kingston, I believe. Hey, Tom, how are you today? Good morning, gentlemen. Doing good, thank you. Alrighty. What's on your mind this morning? I want to address your listening audience. I have uh, many experiences with Peter. And let me tell you, he has saved many friends of mine, family members, lots of money, and not only that, great coverage. I tell you, even if you're not qualified for this, (laughs) write down the phone number to Peter. And he is like the Cadillac or the BMW of Medicare. Tom, are you related to Peter? I just want to know this before we go any further. Just no way. Never even met the guy. I, I just—I was going to interject. Tom and I have never met. <laughs> it, disclaimer, right? right? Yeah. And let me tell you, even if you're not Medicare qualified, write down the number. You're going to meet somebody who says, "I talked to my uncle Jim, and he recommends this." He's not an expert at it. Why do you listen to him? Oh, I met a friend of mine, Kevin, at the coffee shop, and he recommends that. Call somebody who knows what they're doing. It affects your life, your co-pays, your deductibles, your out-of-pockets. It has a lot to do. And I say, call Peter. You can leave him a message on his voicemail. He always gets back <laughs> Did to you. Did you want to give out his number, Tom? <laughs> Let's say 1-800-WHO-CARES, but that's not it. <laughs> uh, make his day. Aren't you thoughtful? I appreciate that, Tom. That, yeah, that's that's and, awfully kind. Because he has helped a lot of people. Uh, I know my dad, he had a supplement through AARP because a friend of his recommended it. I called up Peter and said, hey, here's the situation with Dad. And Peter says, okay. And he went through, asked me a bunch of questions about Dad. We ended up taking him off that supplement that was costing almost $300 every month and gave him another plan 
and it's costing him nothing. So he puts that $300 in his pocket, and he has better coverage. <laughs> Why not call Peter? Tom, thanks so much for the call. I'm sure, <laughs> Peter, you can't send this guy any money after the show. I no, I know that. Okay. I, know. <laughs> I, think, I coffee, think in right? Medicare terms, they'd call that a bribe. <laughs> a bribe. Yeah. But write down his number, and I'm serious, to the listening audience. You'll never know how many people you'll be able to help. You say, hey, I heard this on... W-A-T-D. Hey, Tom, you have a great day. Thanks for the call. Thank you, Tom. (laughs) Folks, that wasn't choreographed. We want to be really clear about that. Yeah, and and I also say I'm thankful that I'm on radio right now and not TV because my face is red. (laughs) I I just, I didn't see that coming. If you take care of people, then you get taken care of yourself. That's the way I look at it in the world. I was talking about the special election period. Before you got sidetracked. Before, yeah. (laughs) Before we got tommed. By the way, let me sidetrack you one more time and hope our listening audience isn't getting sick of this. But Peter and my son-in-law, Kirk Reed, will be doing a Zoom Medicare seminar next Wednesday, the 25th of October at 6.30. And it's on Zoom, which means there's room for just about everybody. And if you have an interest in doing that, our website, McNamaraFinancial.com, you can sign up for the seminar and get the secret password. And or you can call McNamara Financial at 781-834-2010. But Peter is going to do a curtain call. That's what I was looking for. A curtain call curtain to the show. Okay, at a, at a pretty thorough Zoom meeting on the subject in a few days. And if you've caught part of this or know some friends who could use some help, it's a Zoom, folks. You can do it from the comfort of your home and your slippers with a cup of coffee. So Excellent. Thank you. Sorry to interrupt. But I Not a problem. Was, yeah. So the, the election period that most people use because they continue nowadays to work after 65. I remember when my dad was working, he had to stop working at 65. It was mandated. Really? Pretty much not mandated anymore. Yeah. And as a result of that, a lot of people, especially people who like doing what they're doing, like you and I, (laughs) um, continue to work. And and as a result of that, they are offered a special election period when they lose their employer group coverage. Okay. And a lot of times people will be in a panic because they think they missed one of these election periods uh, got it. Yeah. All right, yep. and then would be subject to penalty. So, in fact, if you did miss your initial election period and also your special election period ran out after eight months, yeah. then the government has you go and uh, enter Medicare during the general enrollment period. And the general enrollment period lasts between January 1st and March 31st every year. Okay. And by virtually by definition, if you've missed those two enrollment periods beforehand, you now have had some sort of coverage that wasn't employer group coverage. Like COBRA, for example, yep. is not considered Got employer it. group coverage. Got it. Okay. Yep. And so now when you're in the general enrollment period, you're subjected to penalties. Got it. Anytime you miss something yep. and you miss it forever you're subjected to a penalty. And the problem with the penalties is they last for the rest of your life. So sign up even if you don't need it is what you're basically saying. I'm saying, but don't sign up for Part B. I'm sorry, enroll or get into the bureaucracy, I guess. Yes. So when you turn 65, Medicare uh, wants you on one of two things. You're either on employer group coverage or you're on Medicare. Nothing else qualifies. Okay. COBRA is neither. Yeah, okay. I tell people, usually COBRA is not a good value. Usually they're charging you 102% of the premium, so it's not a good value, so it's not in the mix. What I found this year is that there's a number of companies that have let a number of people go 
Uh, usually the people that they let go are older employees. Yep. And some of these employers are offering these long-term employees COBRA for zero. They're essentially saying, listen, mm-hmm. you work for us for a long time. We appreciate it. We're sorry it's come to this. As a result of this, we're going to underwrite your COBRA premium. Okay. And so now COBRA is a better value. Yeah. I can get it for nothing. Yeah. Okay. So they jump on it, but they're not told what I just said earlier. That's not an employer group plan. Yeah. And it's not Medicare. Get on the list. So the workaround yeah. for that is join Medicare A and B and, and keep your zero premium COBRA for as long as you can. But remember that eight-month window. Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay that eight-month window still applies. That's all the enrollment periods. That's the important piece at this time of year. I want to be able to, first of all, I want to take Tom's suggestion, and thank you, Tom. My telephone number. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there you go. Is 781-431-7550. That's 781-431-7550. And honestly, if it hadn't been for Tom, I would have completely forgotten about that. (laughs) My email address is p stoner, S-T-O-N-E-R, at stonermedicare.com. Uh, and folks, while Peter's doing that, I'll, I'll interject. The, I, I don't know, let's, how shall I say this? So listen, I, I have a doctorate in education. I used to be smart about something once a long time ago. I knew okay. that. I, I, I consider myself a modestly intelligent person. Right. Okay. I am blown away. I, I did a little work here before this show, mm. getting familiar with some of the things. What's covered and what's not covered and what are the costs? Mm. There are, the good news is there are a humongous amount of choices that one can have mm-hmm. for a Medigap policy or an advantage plan. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely positively overwhelming, even though they all have certain basic things that they have to, you know, to, to put, put together to qualify. The differences and the things from company to... How does a lay person... And by the way, do most people just pick their own and they don't go to... How does a lay person even wade through that stuff? It was mind-boggling. I yeah. did a little reading, tuned out, and said, I'm not even going to do an outline. Right. I'm just talking... But, but seriously, it's overwhelming. It, it, it is. It is and, overwhelming. And, and one of my issues is exactly what you just said. I get calls from people saying, I have three degrees or I have this or that. <laughs> and I consider myself moderately intelligent. <laughs> there you and I go. can't figure this stuff out. And one of the challenges for me is a lot of the reading online is focused on a national market. So uh, it's okay. Medicare, it's a national market, but Massachusetts, Wisconsin, and Minnesota are three exception states. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so there's terminologies and products that do not apply to Massachusetts. So I know, for example, if somebody wants to go on a supplement plan yeah. and they call me and they say, I'm interested in uh, Plan G. Okay, so that's something that's not available in Massachusetts. Okay, so the, li- the literature we're getting is not state-specific. It, if it's coming from a plan, it's state-specific. Okay. But if it's online okay. and it's just Medicare, yeah. that's not state-specific. So you may specific. be doing the wrong research. Even if you can do the right re- research, yes. it's confusing, but y- you could be doing the wrong research. Yes. Wow. wow. And, and, okay. and I've seen a number of uh, sites where there isn't even a disclaimer. It doesn't even say, this doesn't apply to Massachusetts. Hey, if you live in Massachusetts, here's how it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. diff- it's different here. Wow. But So I like, it to, I like people to start calling me or anybody who's, in, who's able to do this 
probably four or five months ahead of time. Okay. That's before that 90-day window. Mm-hmm. And, and start to have a conversation that's specific to Massachusetts, if they're in Massachusetts. And also so that we can send them the links to information that is important for them to absorb beforehand. Okay. And also the forms. You need a form to apply for Medicare. If you're over 65, you need a form, a special form, to give to your employer that says you've been covered with creditable coverage since turning 65. I also send them, and this would apply to a lot of your clients, I send them a form to contest what the government will want to charge them for Part B. Part B, I mentioned earlier, has a premium associated with it. That premium starts out at $174.70 a month for 70% of the people in the country. So that means 30% pay something else. And the 30% are uh, primarily consisted of what they call high wage earners. So if they make uh, next year, uh, I believe that I have it here, it's, a, it's just over $100,000 for an individual or just over $200,000 for a couple. You pay more. You pay more. And there's a scale that goes higher. Up it is. There. So yeah. there's different benchmarks okay. for different uh, income uh, uh, tiers. And they charge you, they can charge you as high as $675, I believe it is, a month for that same $174.70 premium that most people pay. By the way, on a related subject, we'll have some retirement folks who are below that income and every once in a while have a capital event, okay, where their income yeah. increases and boots them into the next Medicare bracket, and they get a surprise, uh, right. a, a letter saying, oh, by the way, for the next year or so, you've got to pay this because. Right. So, so yeah, that right. we've had more than a few people get surprised about oh, that Oh, and, and you know, th- sometimes <laughs> even uh, selling a house yeah. will, S- will, selling a house will, trigger. Will, will trigger something. Yeah, yeah. But the good news is that typically Medicare doesn't find out until two years later. But they'll catch up with you. They'll catch up with you. But there is a form that you can uh, submit. It's form SSA-44. SSA stands for Social Security Administration. 44 is 44. I remember it because that was Hank Aaron's number. All right. If you're a football fan, Leroy Kelly was number 44. You're dating yourself. But I know I am. I know I am. <laughs> Kids are saying, who? Leroy who? <laughs> Believe me, he was a great running back. In any event, it's an important thing to do because they'll, they will take another look at your income. And if, it, if a lower bracket is going to be implemented in a given year, they will give you money back. Okay. Okay. I always but you have to work at it. You have to work at it. You have to <laughs> fill out the form. I encourage people to fill it out because the government could say no. Yeah. We're not going to allow it. But more often than not, they say yes. And the savings can be substantial. Wow. Okay. Wow. And the other thing I do is I send them a link to my calendar so that when they've had a chance to digest all of that, they can reserve some time and we can talk. Wow. We've just got a few minutes. So... What are some of the biggest things folks have to worry about if they're going to run through this on their own? What are the? If I'm looking at this, I first want to make the decision, am I better served on a supplement plan or am I better served on an Advantage plan? And I tell people my own personal story and my wife's story because they can then decide, gee, I'm more like him or I'm more like her. Okay. 
When I was eligible 10 years ago, I chose a supplement plan. And the reason I chose it is that I wanted to be able to go to any doctor in the country who took Medicare. So in Massachusetts, that's 96% of them. Okay. I didn't really want to go to the Mayo Clinic, but if something hit the fan, yeah. I wanted to be able to go to whoever in Boston. I could get a recommendation from my primary care physician. I could get one from a friend who had a good experience with a given doctor. I could go to anybody that I had read about that I knew was really good at whatever it is that I needed. Okay. And what was driving that issue for me was I had cancer when I was 55. Okay. So when you go through a medical event that's substantial, yeah. you tend to look at things a little more conservatively. A whole lot more probably, yeah. Yeah, so I in turn paid, I pay about $2,000 more a month not a month, scratch that, I'm sorry, $2,000 a year more than my wife does. Okay. So she's been on a Medicare Advantage plan where she's had a zero premium. So I've been paying about $2,000 more per year, but I haven't had any copays. I go to the doctor, I have no copays. Freedom of choice. Freedom of choice is yeah. the big thing. Yeah. The other thing is I know my out-of-pocket because I know that I don't have any copayments. I know that I didn't have any deductibles until 2020 when they introduced the Part B deductible. Okay. So for me, I could define my expenses and I had access to doctors. Okay. How about your wife? So my wife is on a, an Advantage plan. She took an Advantage plan, subsequently a PPO, a Preferred Provider Organization, which of all the Advantage plans I prefer because it gives you more access to doctors. The HMOs work great. As long as all of your specialists and your primary care physician is contained within a single provider group that takes medi- that takes a particular health plan, so, advantage so plan. one time of one type of advantage plan is an HMO health maintenance organization, and they have their own group of, of doctors that can serve many different areas. Is that did I say yeah, that correct? Yes. All right, yeah. that's one. So yeah. what about the preferred provider the, one? The PPO, they can go outside of that network. Okay. Now, usually they'll pay a higher copay. Okay. But they have access. That's the important thing. Right, so more cost for more choice in, in, in for, for that way versus the, the health maintenance organization. Perhaps, but I, I say perhaps because a lot of PPOs are also zero premium. Really? Okay. So it's not more cost, but it yeah. is more cost for copays. Got it. Okay. For the access. So you pay for access. Yes. Yeah. Okay, sure. All right. and, and, and in the supplement, you pay even more because you get more access. Got it. Okay. okay. So most doctors will take a PO, but not all of them. Whereas any doctor who takes Medicare has got to take a supplement plan. So you got. <laughs> so you, you, one of the conversations you have with your doctor before you make a choice is, "Are you in this? Are you out of this?" Or yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. People. I'm, I would imagine there's a whole bunch of people who are pretty comfortable with their doctors and want to hang on to them. Is that that? That's the driving force in, with most people. Yeah. I would say to people, I assume you yeah. want to keep your doctor. Yeah. Okay. Because very, and every now and then people will say, "No, my doctor retired, and I've got this kind of interim doctor that, frankly, yeah. I'm not that crazy about." Okay. That gives a little more latitude. Yeah. But most people will say to me, "I've had." my PCP for 20 years and I want to keep him or her. So their choices might be Medicare or an Advantage plan that has that doctor in it. Is that? That's right. So that would be the two routes you'd start out on basically. Yes. Got it. Okay. With my wife, she doesn't have any prescriptions. She didn't have any when she was 65. Holy moly. She still doesn't. (laughs) So she's she's healthy. Doesn't have a lot of specialists. Dermatologists. Gynecologists. That's it. 
and all, all of her doctors were, were within the network. It was, a, it was a perfect fit for her. Again, zero premium. Over the time that we have been on our respective plans, she saved us about $20,000. Wow. Okay. And she's had help with her uh, dental care. Oh. The, the <clears throat> Advantage plans compete by adding benefits. One of the major benefits that they add is dental. And her plan uh, this year will reimburse her up to $1,000. Wow. My wife okay. is very healthy, but her teeth require attention usually on an annual basis. And sometimes it's a bridge, sometimes it's a crown. In other words, it's, it's, it's expensive work. Yeah. And uh, getting $1,000 back from me is like manna from heaven. It's, yeah. Boy, this is just great. Yeah. I, I remember, I think the last time you were here, that if you have a certain kind of an illness that you, that you know about, that you got a higher degree of difficulty making choices. Could you? Did I have yeah, that no, a- absolutely, you do because then you're you're challenged <clears throat> to make sure that your specialists are also included. Okay. So when somebody gives me a list and they've got five specialists on it, and I know from their prescriptions that there are issues, I do try to steer them towards a supplement plan. Okay. And, and I do that for access. I want to make sure that this person who will have needs has access. Okay. Uh, every now and then somebody will push back and say, I want, a, I want an advantage plan. I'll say, fine, and, and we'll do the work. And, and, and inevitably, it usually comes out like, these four doctors will take it, but this one won't. So then the person needs to make the decision. Would I rather go on that advantage plan and lose that specialist yeah. and replace her with someone else? Or is that doctor so important to me, I'm going to take a, a supplement plan to ensure I can continue to see her? I'm going to guess that those people who know that they have a certain illness, they're probably a higher percentage of your clients than not. Is that correct? Actually, no. <laughs> really? No. Okay. And the reason for that is that the average age of somebody who calls me is sixty, about 68. Okay. And where you really start to have issues, I've found, is mid-80s. Okay. Mid-80s okay. and up, long prescription list, long list of specialists. Okay. So I see. Interesting. Okay. So in full disclosure, yep. I switched to an Advantage plan this past January. Okay. And I can't tell you which one, Yep. but it's an Advantage plan for a provider group, and all of my doctors were in that provider group. Okay. And my dentist had told me I needed expensive dental work. Okay. Now that... Turned out not to be true, okay. the dental work thing, but it was enough for me to say, hmm, I want to get a uh, dental benefit this year because I know I'm going to spend over $1,000. Okay. Uh, that did not materialize. I went to another dentist and he, he told me, no, you, you don't need to. I'm sure your dentist saw something that I don't see. He was very tactful, but <laughs> see it. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, but I've been very pleased. Now, that's not to say that as I approach my 80s, and I'm approaching my 80s, that I won't switch at some point in the future because I'll probably switch back to a supplement plan. Okay, okay. Let's see here. So let me, we've just got maybe three or four minutes here. Three minutes. So number one, folks, Peter is going to be doing a Zoom seminar on Medicare for McNamara Financial Services next Wednesday, October the 25th. At 6.30 p.m., by the way, you can have had your dinner before you zoom in. And uh, basically, anybody is welcome uh, to that. There are no costs or obligations, and we promise we won't harass you if you came to the seminar and left. But anyway, McNamaraFinancial.com is where you can sign up uh, and or you can call 
834-2010. Peter, how about, again, take some time on your personal information and maybe a grand 30-second summary for the... Oh, we're already getting some music up. You better do your, we your are. phone number and uh, stuff here. Go right ahead. So my name is Peter Stoner. Telephone number is 781-431-7550. My email address is pstoner at stonermedicare.com. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Folks, uh, have a great week. Stay healthy. Be happy. You can find McNamara on Money on all the major podcasting platforms. New episodes drop every Monday. Tune in weekly for everything you need to know about making smart financial decisions. Subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode.